left ball is connected to the right side of your brain. <laughs> Clearly, you found the right socket to put it in. Mm -hmm. Good for you, McNally. That's what she said. Excellent. <laughs> so I'm making this show we don't mention at all. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. We don't mention that at all. I, I, I got no problem not mentioning that. Yeah. I'm sick to death of it, to yeah. be honest. <laughs> Whole bunch of stupid fucking ten-year-old pieces of shit <laughs> dragging their parents, us. Yeah, those are the days. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to the McGavin Fry's Movie Podcast, as sponsored by GreenRoom136.com. Shut your fucking face, Gavin, yeah. <laughs> Moosey? Moosey's. You don't like the good old Moosey's? It's like, ooh. I wasn't working on that all morning. Are we going to get a movie? A mo movie tie-over? A, a movie burger? I don't know. Uh, we're a movie chat I'm not show. going anywhere until I get my cow tipper. <laughs> False idols. Who are we brought, brought to you, these guys by? Uh, we're, we're, these guys were brought to greenworm136.com. Um, we're a movie podcast, and we'll talk about movies for the next hour and a bit. And so buckle in and listen up. Yep, yep. We talk about movies, things that we've been reading about, finding out about that's going on in Hollywood and such. And I, we, I, I already said that. Yes, I know. I know. I'm just elaborating. Don't. Just you know, I'm just elaborating what you just said. Really annoying. You know, if, you know, they wouldn't know they're annoyed if you hadn't fucking told them that they should be annoyed by now. By I'm it. sick of it. <laughs> then say it before we start recording. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> And we also uh, review movies and sometimes comics. Yes, so this week I shall be removed, uh, reviewing re ah, reviewing The Good Dinosaur. <laughs> I don't know, my tongue's gone to sleep. Okay, uh, and I'll be uh, reviewing the Fight Club 2 comic as well as um, Jesus Christ Demon Slayer, the first issue. This is another comic. Sweet. So, before we get started, yes. we should probably get a Duck Rice update. Duck Rice update! Yes. Jingle! Uh... Uh, that my short film, The Incredibly Strange Tale of the Man Who Lost His Love, bought it back with a packet of duck rice. You're regretting the title every day now, right? <laughs> you know, I'm, I don't regret the title. Actually. You just regret typing it I or just, saying I it just regret loud? having to say it uh, every time. Um, it's, it was supposed to come out this month. It's been delayed till next month yeah. because uh, at the last minute, we uh, got accepted into a film festival. Mm -hmm. The Jogjanet Pak uh, Film International Asian Film Festival in Indonesia. Try saying that six times fast. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean that was cool. I was a little annoyed because we had already made the announcement. Yeah. Uh, but if you're gonna delay your release, that's as good a reason as any. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that'll be the the uh, festival finishes I think December sixth. Mm -hmm. So we'll decide when to release it soon, a time. soon after that. Okay. Yeah. So you haven't figured out a time yet. No, not yet. I need to talk to James about that. Mm. I hear one of your other films was also going to some uh, festivals. Uh, you Take Me to Dinner is going to the Cambodia International Film Festival. Um, it's not in competition, though. It's just being screened because this year they're, uh, they're doing a spotlight on Malaysian cinema. So I think they're showing four 
Malaysian films are showing Take Me to Dinner, The Journey, Kill, and Der Bite Dai Langit. Hmm. So, yeah, congrats to everyone else. <laughs> Very cool. Um, what's the one about the house? The local movie? Dunia? Dunia? Oh, um, uh, shit. Lulaki Harapan Dunia. Yeah, I think yeah. that's one. Yeah. I think that's... Um, that's uh, to be in consideration for... It's Malaysia's entry for the Oscars oh, for yeah. Best Foreign Film. Yeah, and I think... Have you seen... There's a new group popped up on uh, Facebook. It's Club Film Malaysia. Yes, that? yes. So they're, they're going to be showing that next Friday, I think. Lulaki Harapan Dunia. Yeah. They're showing that next Friday at the... Is it the Pitch Center they show it at or something like that, I think? They're showing movies every Friday anyway. We'll link off to them anyway. Yeah, I've... You know, I'm embarrassed to say I haven't seen it. It's supposed to be really good. Yeah, right? that's uh, what I was thinking. It's like, oh, this is a good chance to go see it. Yeah, my my uh, my friend did the music for it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Luca at... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he did the score for it. Sweet. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, what else have you been up to? <laughs> no. <laughs> Before we jump on, I just want to say it's not a review, but um, I have been enjoying... Ash versus Ethan Dunn. I still haven't seen it. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll we'll sort that out later. But, um, but I'm amazed at this show. I I mean I've spoken to Brian, um, who is hardcore into this sort of stuff, and he says that uh, it's Brian? very Brian Zimmerman. Oh, and he says that it's very very much in keeping with the tone and the style of. No, that's uh, that's why I'm amazed. In the first episode, it is just like nothing has changed. There's even the creepy the creepy shots outside houses of like running through the woods and stuff. Mm-hmm. The way Ash carries himself, mm-hmm. like it's as if nothing has changed. Well, and there's a weird thing going on with his mate Pablo, because Pablo looks like he just walked out of one of the 1980s Judge Dredd 2008 comics. You know the way he had like mm-hmm. the, yeah, yeah. the simps? Yes. The kind of weird looking dudes. Mm-hmm. Pablo's got this weird wavy haircut that's like pushed up really way too high and mm-hmm. a little Ronnie mustache. And he looks like a walking cartoon that, you know, but he's supposed to be the, the, the audience identification character in a way. Yep. But like... He's just, it's perfect casting and he plays it perfectly, but it's the kind of thing that could really not work, mm-hmm. but it works perfectly. And they've got the Delta 88 Oldsmobile car in there and just everything about it is just like ash on the road. It's so good. You no, I've, I've, I, I know I should see it. Yeah. I know I should see it. Everyone, has told, everyone who's seen it has told me that it's awesome. Yeah, we'll probably do, when it's, once it's all over, I'll do a review of the whole season. But just so far, I'm just amazed. Like, it's amazing that, what, two dec- three decades later? Mm-hmm. Four? Three. Uh, 80, 80, 86. 86. Yeah, three. <laughs> three decades. Three decades later. Although, just... although this is the time where that is happening more a lot. and more. I mean, we got the X-Files coming back. Twin yeah. Peaks is coming back. You know, it's not quite as old as that, as that stuff, but Full House is coming back. Oh, God. You yeah. know, so <laughs> it's... it's, it, it's it, it, it is crazy, but it's not entirely surprising nowadays. And what's brilliant is this is they have a like inside the dead thing going on where they just have a little clip at the end of each show mm-hmm. talking about stuff. And the producer, such a fanboy. Mm-hmm. And the last one I saw, he's just talking about, I want to really nail the tone and get this thing. But so many people have tried to nail that tone and yep. fucked it up completely. It's amazing the show has nailed it so good. Well, I mean, Sam, Sam Raimi clearly has input. Yeah, he's a producer. Yeah, I think mean, he directed yeah. the first episode. But after that, it keeps it up. Yeah. And like even just the, what did they call them? They didn't call them gimps. The, what do they call the, the monsters? They had a nickname for them on set. Like, or, and it's in the credits as well. It's like... I, I can't remember. Shimps. I can't Shimps, remember. yeah. After the three... The three... Larry Curly Moe. Oh, Stooges. The three Stooges. <laughs> Shemps? Shanks. Shemps. Shemp was one of the Stooges, right? Or was he Shemp one of the... Shemp? Marx Brothers. Yeah, no, he wasn't one of the Stooges. Yeah, maybe it was <laughs> one of those comedy things anyway. But then they called them Shemps, like Head Shemp or, you know, Reverse Shemp. They look the exact same. 
like the same kind of freaky makeup and everything. It's just they haven't really changed it much. But but that was the appeal. I mean, you don't want to update it no. in that way. You no. know, like it's you know like with the uh, when they remade the thing or when they rebooted yeah. the thing is that they tried to they fucked it. They completely <laughs> fucked it. You know, I mean, even if the story was good, it was still gonna you can't match that because and they slobbered CGI all over it. Yeah, and it looked really bad. It was really fake. But yeah, if you can get your hands on it, watch it. It's great. I just wanted to mention that at some point. And speaking of remakes. Yeah, I heard about this. They're, <laughs> they're remaking. They're going to remake Memento. Yeah. Bad idea. Yeah, I mean. I mean, it might be. It might possibly be the worst idea. I, I can't. I can't think of one good reason why you would want to remake this. It wasn't that long ago. No. Um, it was. Oh, it was kind of a perfect little movie. You know, I mean, hmm. how could you, you? It cannot be bettered. I keep thinking, what's the one where Ben Affleck has his mind erased? Paycheck. Yeah. I keep imagining they'll do that with it. Somehow, I don't know why, but I just imagine now, them doing that kind of thing. You see, like, I, I, now, Paycheck's a movie that can be remade. Yeah. You know? Uh, I, you know, I'd see that. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a film, like, the, re- the point of remaking a movie is not just to, like, grind so, money out of an old franchise. Take something that had, had, a, had legs. Yeah. But was not fulfilled, and then fulfill it. Yeah, fulfill I, mean, I, I mean, I just don't see the point. I mean, I, I, not, not even worth discussing about it. I yeah. just don't see the point. God, it is funny. That just got this back in my head again, because I haven't seen that movie in years, but, like... Saw it in the Irish Film Centre, bought the DVD, you know, meant to set aside some time to watch the chronological it's, version. It's a gut punch. It's I a mean, great fucking movie. The movie's a gut punch. Yeah. I mean, I can kind of, I mean, I didn't see the point in doing uh, re- Hollywood remakes of, uh, you know, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo or mm. Let the Right One In, but at least... Well, English, but, but Let the Right One In more so because it wasn't so good. I did quite like huh? parts of... You let, didn't. You didn't no, like. I let me in. I didn't like. Let me in. You didn't like. Let me in. Right. For, no. uh, let, let the right one in was perfectly creepy. Yes, no, but but I mean, like, I, I didn't. And agree. it's weirdness with attitude by being in Swedish. I didn't agree with those remakes, yeah. but at least you can kind of understand in the sense, like, okay, this one's in English yeah. for dumbass fucking Americans, <laughs> you know. Whereas this one, it's it's already in English. You see, I can. I can I, it was made in Americanese. I would, uh, yeah, Americanese. I would understand if like someone in Japan was doing a Japanese remake. Yes. Or or Bong, Bong Ji Hoon was doing something like that. Or something like that, you know, or some fucking Korean director yeah. or a Thai director doing like a, a foreign remake I get that yeah. I don't understand why you would want to do a remake of this yeah. I mean what are you going to do like set in the future yeah or recast everyone just do the same to get everyone back I mean it's not that long do ago do a Gus Van Sant do yeah. a shot for, for shot, shot remake but with um, Guy Pierce and Joey Pants <laughs> as like as been Joey Pants or flick it. them Joey Pants is now the amnesiac <laughs> I'd watch that no that'd be good Joey Pants doesn't get enough work these days he doesn't. He he kind of like. I, I kind of get the Im- impression that's by choice. Yeah, I like, mean he may, he's got some Matrix books. You know, like he's that. Uh, he's pulling a Joe Pesci. Yeah, I mean, like, he was, every now and then he'll come out and do a Snickers commercial. Yeah, he's know? got he's living off his Daredevil money. His Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> his Goonies money. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. <laughs> Forget about he was that. one of the he one of the Fratellis. That's that's before he wore a backwards uh, Kangol hat in every movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> before he was a. Uh, uh, the police captain in Bad Boys. Yeah. <laughs> he's done some great stuff. <laughs> he is, he's great. And he was in The Sopranos as well, right? I presume so. Every, I think that was... I think, I think was, every American Italian was yeah. in The Sopranos at one point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, just uh, moving on to animation stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this is interesting that Edgar Wright yeah. has uh, is going in the direction of Zack Snyder. Mm. Well... And, Zack Snyder went that's into dark, animation. That's a dark path. He went into animation. Yeah. Like the Gore Verbinski route. You know, like, 
Edgar Wright's woke woke up one day and is like, I'm gonna do a cartoon. No, but with Edgar Wright, you know that was always part of the. Like, that, that's everything he's done that would say like, yeah, he would be totally open to that. Yes, yes, he would be totally open to that. Yeah. But but that's I a mean, bit that's a bit unfair. So like Gore Verbinski and Zack Snyder, they they they, was, they were clearly open to it as well. No, but Zack Snyder, I mean, the Owls of Gahul is not like some shadow theme thing, and it's also fucking fr- quite frankly a bizarre movie. I still haven't seen it. I've seen I, it. Yeah, yeah. But okay, so so the, the thing that Edgar Wright's doing Australian. for um, the thi- yes, the thing that Edgar Wright's doing for DreamWorks Animation is uh, it's an animated movie. No idea what the story is, mm. but it's uh, centered on the concept of shadows. So it's yeah. Wayang Kulit the movie basically. And apparently, um, yeah. someone else is working on this in the Canada, right? He's uh, co-writing it with uh, David Williams of Little Britain. Yeah, no, but there was another one, Bill Hader and Josh. Yeah, Bill Hader and Josh. Me and my shadow. Yeah, and that's been shelved. Yeah, and this is sort of taking its place. Who did Monster House? Monster House was uh, Gil Kenner. No, but was it DreamWorks? No, that was uh, I think Fox it was, Animation Studios. No, no, I think it was Dark Castle. I think it was Robert Zemeckis and and um, yeah. and Joel Silver. I, think. I just want to hear Edgar Wright. David Williams animation shadows. I imagine something along those lines. Someone's got to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I care about. I mean, so yeah. I mean, pretty much that's it. Yeah. There's no no idea what the story is going to be. We just like Edgar Wright, you know. We we've just met like him. Edgar Wright. We've, we've met him. We've met him. We've, we've, well, you we, we, used, <laughs> used the term loosely. <laughs> Very loosely. We've shared we've shared three mumbled words with him each. I think or between us probably. What was it? I love, he, he, I love the silent. <laughs> is that what yeah. You said? yeah. No, no, I didn't even get that out. I was like, I love your work. <laughs> I wanted to say Asylum so he would know. Yes, that you were a true fan. But was, yeah, but I fucked that up. And he told me, was it you or me? He told me in a nice shirt. It's funny, it's funny. I said to me, nice shirt. And I went, no, no, I was the nice shirt. No, no. Uh, Michael Sarah said I had the nice shirt. Yeah. Edgar Wright said you had the nice shirt. Yeah. And Edgar, Wright, shirt. and Edgar Wright said you looked familiar. Yeah. Probably. And then I, uh, yeah. And I'm, you were just like, <laughs> <laughs> I just started making whale song at him. <laughs> isn't it funny, like, you know, you get like, really nervous and no balls in front of Edgar Wright but you share a lift with fucking Olivia Wilde and you turn full on Elijah Wood in Maniac <laughs> that was only Gavin to be honest that wasn't me yeah that was just me I regret it to this day I regret nothing <laughs> she just you know plucked the loose hair we could have cloned her I can't I can't look at her now just without re- reliving that moment just getting the, a whiff of Timothy in your nostrils just fucking Pantene <laughs> speaking of animation Yes. Uh, did you see the teaser for Bill Burr? We we like Bill Burr on the show, but his new TV show F is for Family. Yes, it looks fucking funny. But it's kind of. Like, I mean, I mean, it's the it's, trailer's it, underwhelming. Okay, the the trailer is stilted. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the problem I had with the, the trailer. The trailer's the one with "Come and Get Your Love" playing, right? Yes. There's no actual dialogue or anything. No, 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 yeah. no. There is dialogue. Oh, that's one. That one I didn't see. This is the teaser trailer, which just had music playing. Oh, I didn't see the teaser. I I, oh. I, I saw the the actual trailer with dialogue and. McEvan Fries, ladies and gentlemen, the home of research. There you go. We're just like you. Yeah. We don't look up anything. So there's a second trailer. That's not entirely true. <laughs> I spent all morning doing this shit and I still oh, really? miss this. <laughs> How, so what's the second trailer like that? Tell me. Use a word picture. Well, I mean, it's like I said, I mean, it is a little stilted. Not everything lands, mm-hmm. but the stuff that does land is fucking funny. And what would you compare it to in an animated show style or even a non animated show? It's like an R rated King of the Hill, but less Southie. <laughs> That's, that sounds pretty good. You know, it, yeah. I mean, it's like less Texasy. Yeah, it's like a less Texasy um, king of the, uh, king of the hill with four letter words and less pro- propane and propane accessories. <laughs> is uh, is he the dad? Nobody plays with Betsy but me. <laughs> <laughs> We're Matanye. <laughs> <laughs> 
Simon. A hammer. <laughs> it's been so long since I've seen that show. I love that show. Who was the guy who used to mumble all the time? I can't remember. Darlene. <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> Bobby. Bobby. You can do that forever. Stop playing my guitar. <laughs> Nobody plays with Betsy but me. Because <laughs> it was the exact same voice that, that, Mike, Mr. Anderson that, that Mike Judge used for, <laughs> yeah, yeah. for the Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, this is what I call a vacation. Yeah. The mountains, the ocean. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm try- Again, I thought I was going back through the mists of time to remember. Uh, King of the Hill, but going back to those Beavis and Butthead shorts is even longer ago. They're very funny. Yeah. Very so, <laughs> Bill Burr, though, he plays the dad, right? Or is he, who, he, who's he play? He plays someone in it, right? I mean, he's the dad. He's, he's the, the dad. dad. And uh, Laura Dern is his wife. Okay. Justin Long is his son. Oh. And uh, Sam Rockwell is, um, like, the neighbor or something. Sweet. That's <laughs> on Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah. So we can watch there's, all of There's just, we'll like, one funny bit. Because, like, the uh, the Sam Rockwell character, you don't really hear him talk until right at the very end. And yeah. he's just, like, some fucking asshole, like, wearing, like, br- like tiger briefs. It's set in the 70s. Yeah. And, uh, like, the neighbor or something is like, this, you know, we used to, you know, like, he was, like, my helper in school. Do you remember when we cleaned the kitchen? You know, and then he, then he was like, yeah, you fucked the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Biff. <laughs> he's like, um, he's like, uh, I mean, based on that one line and that one clip, he's like the dude meets Ben Stiller's character from Dodgeball. Okay. He's like that, that's kind of like. That sounds vintage Sam Rockwell. And I don't even know if that's actually it because you, you, you that's the only thing you hear him say in the trailer. Mm. But it, there is some funny stuff in there. Not every joke lands, though. Yeah. Uh, but when it does land, it is very funny. Cool. Um, just uh, sticking to animation that is going live action. Yeah. Sam Riley joins the cast of Ghost in the Shell. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Rupert Sanders directs. Who gives a shit? I um, There's a new Ghost in the Shell animated movie trailer. And I was like, huh. They're still doing those, I guess. I mean, the movie's great. You've seen Japanese animation. They will do it. Till the end of time. Yeah. But, I mean, they, they How didn't many re- episodes of One Piece are there? I don't know. You're, the, you're of, the one who likes that. I don't understand how, that at all. How many all episodes I, of all Bleach I, is All there? I see is fucking t-shirts that says I want to be king of the pirates. I have no fucking clue what that show's about. <laughs> I watched 88 episodes of Bleach. And nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, well... <that> last... <laughs> no, I mean, a lot of stuff happens, but nothing actually pushes the story no, no, but No, but that's because that season... That, the, the season I gave up on was the one where they got ahead of the comic. So they just made up a se- They made up an entire season where, by, the, by rights, everything had to be exactly where the previous season left off to start it's off. It's like the next one episode. fight takes three eps. Yeah. You know? It's where I learned how to say, NANDAYO! <laughs> <laughs> but... The Ghost in the Shell first... Second gig? Mm-hmm. Is it the first animated show? Or Standalone Complex? No. Second gig was a movie. I think Standalone Complex is a TV show. Yes. That was fucking amazing. No, I mean, it's, it's an amazing property. Yeah. It's an amazing property. Uh, uh, so, even, even shows like One Piece and like Bleach, mm. they go on too long. But they have amazing ideas. But the ideas are amazing. And some of the visuals are ridiculous. Yeah. Some of the ideas are crazy. The Japanese are fucked. His sword gets bigger. I mean, even, like, even their kid stuff. Like, you know, Pitchy Pitchy Pitch and Twin Princess of Wonderland. There's fucked up shit in yeah. there. You know, you're watching it and it's like, what is going on? I love it. <laughs> I mean, the, one of the... the, the That's just, why I love it. It's just crazy. Just checking on the hype geek during the week. It's like, there's fucking 16, apparently, there's something like 16 different Gundam. Every day there's a new Gundam trailer or art, art leak from a different project. Like, they're all different projects. It's just, 
Gundam's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Spielberg, you better find a way to get Gundam into fucking Ready Player One. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's in the book. Fucking uh, Ultraman, man. Yeah. Finally, Ultraman. we get to see the Ultraman movie we've been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thunk Spielberg? <laughs> Who'd be the man to do it? You fucking hump. You got any travel planned? Any travel? No. Huh? You mean like what? Immediate in in the next while? Uh, got a, like a Singapore trip planned in in Bali for New Year. That's helpful because uh, there's a Tie Fighter next wing at Changi Airport. Is there? Yeah. Oh, great. I forgot what it's where it goes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it might be good. Look, you know, get a photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'll definitely get a photo. Yeah. I'll I'll get arrested like climbing in there. Yeah. No, you you can climb into the X wing in front of me. Oh, you can. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you fuck. can get a photo. So. Uh, and Singapore is the perfect place to do it because you can give a total stranger your phone. Yes. They'll take the picture. Yeah. Because no- nobody runs away with your shit. In Singapore. Especially in Changi Airport. <laughs> <laughs> you might get, you might, you might like. In Changi? You might get some there's foreign. No, you, might get some, you might get some foreigner run away with your shit. Yes. But not in Changi. No, it's civilized. Not like Malaysia. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I swear to God. Talking about animation Gundam, the same things. Over. We are running out of shit. Like, there's just more and more every week. Every week in this show, we have aliens news, like uh, aliens news and aliens products. And I have two later. I don't give a shit about alien anymore. Like Rid- Ridley Scott, I'm convinced now has lost his fucking. Mind. <laughs> <laughs> he's lost his mind. He's like, he's like the Donald Trump of filmmaking. Like, <laughs> mine, mine, it's all mine. <laughs> give me all your Blade Runners. <laughs> He's like, I'm letting someone else direct Blade Runner only because I can't be in two places at the same time. Yeah. I'm still going to have massive amounts of input. <laughs> Not that anyone was asking for your input. I'm still storyboarding it. And if you've seen his storyboards, it means he's directing. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. It's like, do this. Yes. <laughs> no. Wrong. Do it this way. I, I don't give a fuck if you directed that Emily Blunt movie. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that bitch. Fuck the Ice Queen. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we'll get to that later, but yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't want to, but mm, fuck that yeah. movie. No, no, but so basically this whole thing with Alien is that... Um, well, first of all, I was going to start with Neil, Com- Neil Blomkamp says that his Alien movie is now on hold for, because Prometheus 2 is now Alien Covenant. On hold indefinitely yeah. until Ridley Scott is done <laughs> doing whatever he's going to do to the Alien prequel franchise. Yeah, because it's now called an Alien movie and Fox executives get confused that they have two movies with the same word in it in the same year. Yeah. So it's Alien Covenant, and now apparently it's some crew come looking for what happened to Numi Rapace, who's in it anyway as well, and they find Michael. Or Michael? What was his name? Fastbender. Oh, is Numi Rapace in it? Yeah, apparently so. Like, confirmed in it? Because yep. I haven't seen her name anywhere. No, she's said to be there, but in this one, it's the, the, the new ship called Covenant. They need to come up with new naming schemes to these ships. A new ship called Covenant comes out looking for... You know you're running about. You know you know you know you're running out of ideas for alien movies when your subtitle is the name of the ship. Yeah. Well, wasn't was it the Prometheus was the ship in the past one, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. I mean, pr- also, when your plot is that the crew of a new ship is looking to see what happened to the crew of the old ship. Yes, and which means they're going to be just as retarded. On, isn't, that, isn't that just alien and aliens? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I would have preferred to have seen Neil Blomkamp's movie. Yes. Um, just because I want to see Hicks. Well, I mean, it just seems like when someone okay, when you got two two different directors in in interviews, and one director says. 
Um, no, 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 we're not going to do his movie. We're going to do my movie because my movie is going to explain everything. Yes. And no, my movie is going to explain everything in Prometheus 3 and 4. Yes, yes. So basically you're saying, let me make three more movies, yes. which you may or may not like, or to explain, to give you an explanation no, that you me... may or may not like about a franchise that has lost its steam. Yeah. And then you got the other director going, I hated parts 3 and 4. <laughs> this is 2 part 2. I want to do 2 part 2. Yeah. I'm like, give me that one. Yeah. I'll have two of those, please. Yes. With fries. <laughs> fucking Ridley Scott I know but it's weird and we'll get to in the cool stuff later we'll get to just other weird ways the Alien franchise merchandise is twisting itself out of shape <laughs> so oh, did you see my uh... oh never mind, never mind. <laughs> um, other news uh, other great you know Benedict Cumberbitch Cumberbitch Cumberbeard yeah yeah he's rocking a Cumberbeard he looks so he, this is you know he's going to be in Doctor Strange for Marvel and there's a shot of him let's let's be honest we knew that he would work visually yes there was never any doubt but it looks it's a it's good beard he gives i still good, say keanu should have gotten this role he would have said whoa awesome, keanu man. would have rocked the shit out like of like when he movie. accidentally opens a gate to hell and just say whoa. <laughs> if he had just you know deployed the same acting skills he has he does in that fucking funny or die video where he gets arrested <laughs> ah! I was in that movie. <laughs> Fucking, that's what that's what Marvel needs. It need, you know, he's the shot in the arm that the that Marvel yeah. needs right now because he's such a left field choice. Yeah. Can you imagine Keanu Reeves's energy next to Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., and all those fuckers? It'll be such a weird energy. I can imagine. The problem, like, the problem no, I have with Benedict Cumberbatch. The only way to harness that energy is to put it in briefs and cast him as Namor. <laughs> Either that or Rom Space Knight. He should go to Netflix. He should be Iron Fist. Iron Fist. He's, that wouldn't fucking work. He's he got the training. He's got the chops. He, he knows the movie Kung Fu. He knows Kung Fu. Literally. <laughs> Are you listening, Marvel? Yeah. That works That works better. Although, for some reason, I have a perverse need to see Rom Space Knight in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, Keanu Reeves should just be... What's that character that never talks? Dead, Deadbolt. <laughs> Deadbolt? From the Inhumans, right? Mm. Yeah, that 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 bolt. No, black bolt. Black bolt. He talks. Black bolt talks. Yeah, but when he does, he destroys shit. <laughs> Who's the other one who doesn't talk? That's what Keanu does. Yeah. When he talks, he destroys movies. Dude, yeah, that's it. <laughs> At the end of the Inhumans movie, he just goes, "Whoa, dude." dude. <laughs> How do you feel? And then, and then like, and everything just crumbles because that's the whole point with Black Bolt is that if he talks, his voice is destructive, right? Mm -hmm. And his wife fucking loves that. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> she's like, "Honey, take the dishes out." I can't say no. Can't say no. <laughs> but this is these. Anybody these want up. some popcorn? These photos look good. Uh, there's also I think some photos online of uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor as Baron Mordo. Is it Mordo? Mm -hmm. Something like that. Mm-hmm. It get you know. Chitwar, what you call? Chewy. <laughs> Apparently he does like to be called Chewy. Yeah. He was great in Kinky Boots. Uh, keeping it visual for a audio medium. Uh, did you see the first photo of Chris Pine as Steve? Trevor from the Wonder Woman movie. Yes, I did, I did. This is an interesting look. I just imagined him wearing GI gear because it's usually World War II, whereas it seems to be World War I for this. Well, uh, there is a, there, there has been a reported explanation for this is that he's also playing his grandfather. Oh, I didn't hear in that. In flashbacks. And that, uh, I mean, that part sounds fairly plausible. Yeah. Um, although I'm like, fuck you. Well, how, why? Why do we need to do that? There's so many good actors who could play that role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, just get um, Michael Douglas in again. There you go. But he's supposed to be like a young. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. Do, do it like Ant Man. Uh, but uh, they're saying, like, one report suggests 
that um, uh, Steve Trevor's grandfather first encounters Wonder Woman and sh- and introduces her to uh, civilization and all that, and then oh. like le- and then later uh, she meets uh, Steve, his huh. grandson. So it's like one of those things in the UK where the teacher goes away with a school kid. Something like hmm. that. Something like that. I mean, like th- that was, I think, a Joe Blow sort of report. So hmm. we don't know. I mean, uh, how accurate that is. The other thing that kind of sucks is that in the photo, there's an actor, uh, Saeed Tam Tag Maori, who he has been in a lot of stuff, but like. I saw one of the reports said no one knew he was in the movie until this photo came out, which is, yeah. it sucks for him. He's a cool actor. I can't remember. He was in Lost, right? I think he was in Lost. I think so. It's an interesting, I mean, it's an interesting way to make your debut. Yeah. Just like wearing some leg warmers and a nice natty, what is that, tweed, mm-hmm. tweed suit? And it looks like the movie's uh, filming name is Nightingale. Yeah, it looks that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's written on the fucking Winnebago behind them. <laughs> yeah, but we have the, the, the synopsis for that, supposedly, is that Ares has been building up. Which is... What is that? One of the animated Wonder Woman movies recently? There was a cool animated Wonder Woman movie. Mm-hmm. And Ares was like... Was this the one where um, Nathan, Nathan Fillion, Fillion played yeah, 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 yeah. Right? I mean, well, it wasn't recent. It was quite a few years Two, ago. Two, years ago? It wasn't. It was longer than two, three years ago. I was still. It was back I, before I stopped. It's back it before was, I, I stopped giving a shit about DC anime movies. It was. Movies. It was before I met met my wife. That's how long ago it was. Your wife. My wife. Your wife. Met with great success. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This. Well, you know. I still. I take, I, I take my wife with me to protect me from AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> I still think 1998 isn't that long ago. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I was in junior high, dickhead. <laughs> You fucking weren't. Oh, come on. <laughs> you know where it's from. Die Hard. Oh. I don't think Just it was like di- fucking Saigon. I don't think of Die Hard every day. Oh, did you see the little uh, Last Exit of Nowhere has little John McClane Christmas cards? No, I didn't see it. It's a little, 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 and a little kind of um, like a South Park, but not quite so flat. No, no, I didn't see that. So it's got him like jumping out of the upstairs bedroom wrapped in Christmas lights, swinging downstairs. That kind of stuff. Right, right. No, I, I didn't see that. Or barefoot. With all broken Christmas All the bottles. cool people listening know exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. All the, all the news. I didn't really get through this, but apparently uh, on the Blu-rays for the uh, Battle of the Five Armies, Peter I, Jackson I, just owned up and said like he had a fucking clue what he was doing. No, I, I, watch, I watched it. Oh, you didn't watch it? I watched it, and? yeah. Um, I felt for him, man. Yeah. <laughs> you feel for the guy. Because he's like, you know, you had spent... They had like two or three years of pre-pro for Lord of the Rings. Yeah. They had like six, seven months of pre-pro for The Hobbit. And did they say what the reason was? Well, it was because they were, they had like about two years pre-pro with Guillermo. Oh, and they fucked and it. When, and when he left. There was no more money for pre-pro. They couldn't, there was, you know, like they already had like a start date. They couldn't do pre-pro to arrange for what Peter Jackson wanted to do. And they had to throw out all the sketches where all the characters have eyes in their hands. Yes. <laughs> Basically, the whole experience was like, you know, you're throwing the train tracks in front of you as you're going. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, and which also explains AKA why... The grommet. Which also explains why it was split into three movies. Mm. Because they did not, they did not know how to do Battle of Five Armies. They didn't, ha- it wasn't storyboarded, it yeah. wasn't anything. And I, so they had to delay it and yeah. that, and that, so that's kind of what, kind of how we got three movies. Mm. That's so fucking bizarre. It explains a lot, though. It explains a lot. It yeah. explains a lot. I mean, having said that, I liked all three movies. Yeah. Um, I, prefer, I think I preferred the last one overall. I really enjoyed Battle of Five Armies. Yeah. I mean, I actually really enjoyed the first one, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Um, and you take... Just for the riddles in the dark, mostly. A lot of that. The riddles in the dark, but also, 
un, I mean, I know I'm in the minority here, but I, I like a lot of the beats that they hit from the novel. I love the rock monsters. I love the... Really? Dwarf. Yeah. Because wow. I'd forgotten... The rock monsters for the new trilogy are the Tom Bombadil of the original trilogy, where I walked out of the movie, did not realize... Like, for Tom Bombadil, I was like, I didn't realize he was in the book, and I was happy to lose him. Mm -hmm. For this, I didn't realize they were in the book, and I was would have been happy to lose them. We see, we see, I was the opposite. I, I knew they were in the book, and I wanted to see them. Hmm. Um, I mean, fuck, I even like the rock monsters from Noah. You know, I mean, hmm. I like rock monsters. The rock, I, the fucking rock monster from NeverEnding Story. Awesome. You, you know? would have loved the GoBots rock monsters. I had three of them. But unfortunately, they were too convincing, and I think they're somewhere still in my parents' backyard mm. when they transform into rocks. So I, I enjoyed the Hobbit movies. Yeah. However, you could, you know, like you I can think, see the joints. You, you can see bit. you can see the problems, and I think uh, just like everyone else, you didn't feel it needed to be three films. Yeah. Um, Plus, I think I think uh, my favorite TV channel now is just Cinema Sins. I think they pointed out just like where is everything on this battlefield, and that kind of shows a bit. Like yeah. you've got the, you've got the entrance and you've got where Azog is, but in between it gets a bit fluffy. But you know when you compare that to a Michael Bay action sequence, Battle of Five Armies made perfect sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, Michael Bay movies take place in five dimensional space. Yeah. Because <laughs> Michael Bay knows you don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> You're so bombarded with, you know. Speaking of which, speaking of Michael Bay, uh, I saw the second trailer for. Uh, 13 Hours, A Secret Soldier to Benghazi, and I am so fucking torn on this movie because the trailer looks really good. I mean, it looks... Yeah. Even the font they use, it's the Black Hawk Down font, yeah, right? Yeah. It's the same font that yeah. says like Hour 1 or Hour 2, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it does look like Michael Bay's Black Hawk Down, which yeah. does look good. Which I have no problems with. I have no problems with that at all up until the fact where there is a solitary American flag flying in the breeze from a nice angle and it looks like Transformers, Bad Boys, whatever. And I'm wondering, is this trailer... Am I appreciating Michael Bay or am I appreciating a marketing team who, not, who knows how to hide Michael Bay? Well, until you see the movie, we'll never we know. We'll never know. But um, I am interested to see it. I am it, does look, it looks great. It looks fantastic. It looks really, really good. It's really but hard to tell which guy is which because they've all got beards. But. but this is exactly the kind of movie I wish Michael Bay would make more of. Hmm. I, I really am over him fucking in the tr messing around with the Transformers universe. Yeah. And I, you know, oh, I, I think everyone's over him doing that. I think we were over three movies ago. Yeah, you know. So I just wish you'd do more stuff like this and like Pain and Gain. I mean, yeah. like I, I mean, like I know that I know that there were some people who hated Pain and Gain, but mm. I fucking loved it. I laughed my ass off. Yeah. You know, too this, long. This, this looks like him doing series. But what, like, you know, I mean, hopefully it doesn't turn out like Pearl Harbor. But you know, I, it can't. You never know. It can't. Why not? It, because there are so. Okay, first of all, it's too there, close. No, there are a lot of things about Pearl Harbor that you cannot, like, you know, the love story. The love story is kind of what killed Pearl Harbor. But, and that, that was also around that time, right? That was yeah, the, Titanic. The, the Titanic. the Titanic effect. You had to put a love story in there, right? It's like in the uh, Armageddon uh, commentary where Ben Affleck was saying that Billy Bob Thornton was kept going up to him saying, it's like, oh, you know, you're just supposed to be an extra in this movie. And then that Titanic came out and they thought they wanted the love story. <laughs> <laughs> you were going to be an extra. <laughs> And you can completely imagine, yeah. you, can, you can completely picture Billy Bob Thornton. I've got a vial of my wife's blood around my neck. Yeah. Can you see it? Sling NASA. Yeah. <laughs> now look at this here asteroid here. <laughs> Stop pumping the asteroid here. Uh, trailers. Trailers. There is a fuck ton of trailers There's because, I don't know, we didn't look at that page on whatever website we got our news from last week. A very cool one that just popped up today, and it's not coming out until I think the end of next year, called A Monster Calls. Yeah, yeah, this looks great. This looks fantastic. It looks like a, 
It looks like Guillermo del Toro's big BFG. It does. And it the does. trailer is exquisite. It's got um, Liam Neeson doing a voice that he has, he doesn't do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit more gravelly. It's not so... It's not the Taken voice. Yes, it's not the I'm from Northern Ireland it's, voice. It's, it's not Liam Neeson's Batman voice. Yeah. Um, and it's just... And there's a, kick, there's a kick to it when you watch it. Put it on yeah. the side as usual. All trailers as usual will be on the side in the show notes. And there's a kick to it. When that kick happens, it's like, oh yeah, I want to see this fucking movie. Yeah, and also uh, the it's got the fucking Cloud Atlas tra- trailer play, uh, music playing. In oh, it. is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. And I love that soundtrack. That's one of my favorite all time uh, movie soundtracks. Oh, I've not listened to it since the movie came out, but I have heard good things about it. I love the soundtrack. So when that when that came on, I was like, yeah, I'm watching this. Yeah, you fucking manipulative son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't. It's the guy who did the orphanage and what's the other one? The Impossible. The Impossible. Who was in The Impossible? Uh, Ewan McGregor and Naomi Watts. It was about the, the uh, tsunami. Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes. The, yes, uh, yes, the, yes. the Phuket tsunami. Yeah. Uh, another cool trailer I saw, which completely came out of nowhere, Moonwalkers. was Moonwalkers. You yes, see yes. This These. looks a lot of fun. It looks like a lot of fun. So this movie stars it's Ron Perlman, Rupert Grint, a.k.a. Uh, Ron, Ron Weasley, Weasley, and Richard Sheen, who I've always liked since Misfits, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. who made a few mistakes with regards to his career, like he left Misfits to go and do, I think, that movie with the, the Season of the Witch. Yes. And he's done uh, a few other things. Instead of taking the obvious... I think he was in one episode of Game of Thrones, maybe, but he didn't get a big part. Yeah. Um, and this essentially is that Ron Perlman is hired by the US government to talk to Stanley Kubrick. The, the CIA. CIA. To talk to Stanley Kubrick about possibly faking the moon landings just in case Did you see the, the Red Band trailer? Yes. There's the, I don't know why this cracked me up, where like the, the, the trailer starts where uh, the director of the CIA is talking to Ron Perlman and is like... And they're talking about the, the landing the moon. It's like, we don't know if we can actually do this. Yeah. You know, and he's like, do you know what happened? You know, the Russians land before us. We're going to look like a bunch of dicks. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I just, I just, lo- I watched it in the office and I was just sort of cracking up. <laughs> so they go to Stanley Kubrick to film a fake moon landing. And the only contact they have is Rupert Grint, who doesn't know Stanley Kubrick because he's, a, you know, a well-known recluse. So he gets his friend with a beard to stand in. <laughs> yeah. And then they spend all the money on drugs and partying. Yep. And then Rob Perlman has no chance, no no uh, choice but to use them to try and make to fake the moon landing. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where you don't know if all the best bits are in the trailer. Yeah. But the trailer does look very funny. And it, it kind of comes off like Fear and Loathing in Pinewood Studios or something like that. It does actually. That's a very good way of putting it. Um, there's a great. And, uh, there's a great set at the end. A great scene at the end with Ron Perlman saying like. I got CAA training. That shit ain't gonna happen to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like passed out on the floor. And the um, the Hellboy Ron Weasley pair up does look quite like quite a lot of fun. Yeah, because Ron is constantly like, (laughs) and Ron Perlman is just threatening everybody. And there's like there's a lot of weird quick cuts in there. There's a lot of like sex shit going on. There's a lot of drugs going on. A lot of drugs. A lot of gunfire. There's there's some scenes of them in like images that hopefully will become iconic of. Rupert Grint in a spacesuit with a shotgun, with a NASA astronaut suit and a shotgun. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of gunfire. There, there's in there's this. a lot of really fucked up, fear and loathing esque imagery. But also a lot of headshots. Yeah, there's a lot of people getting their heads blown off, which doesn't seem to be hinted at in the story yet. Yeah, which it's just right at the end. These quick cuts of people just getting fucked. Which up. intrigues me. Which is like the, the the concept alone that you've set up seems to be have enough legs in it. You could just do a comedy, but this seems to have more than that, and that sounds great. Yep, really looking good. Um, another trailer I watched was for um, Now You See Me Too and all I can say is fuck that movie um, I didn't give a shit about the first one so yeah. I did not watch this trailer I don't give a shit about this movie no I no, but I think I, I've got into it at length how I, can, I hate the first movie because they set up the perfect on screen visual magic 
in the I, I, I will I will second that. The the trick the card trick at the, the, beginning, trick at the beginning is is great. And it's subliminal. It's like it's they obviously slow down one card maybe or something or it's CGI yeah. or something. Yeah. But when they do say think of a card the audience does think of that character yeah. and they do it right. And that set the bar so fucking high that when they resorted to effects that could only be achieved with CGI, it was by it just by being pushed It off also didn't help that a lot of the characters in the movie were fucking annoying. Yeah. They were very annoying. I mean, Jesse Eisenberg, I, you know, he was very annoying in that movie. Yeah. He was so annoying in that movie that, he, that I hated him in his next three movies. Really? <laughs> and you didn't even see the whole thing? I saw the whole thing. Oh, you saw the whole thing. Yeah, right. I saw the whole thing. Um, and even you know what's his name the Hulk was annoying and the Fisher was annoying and the French girl was annoying and James Franco died but that was fine um, was it James Franco or Dave Franco Dave Franco yeah they shouldn't name their kids with the same number it sounds Dave Franco James Franco you gotta have a system this really curly wordy so no I didn't see this trailer yeah no and you and this looks like they're upping the ante on the CGI shit and also for this movie to exist they should all be in jail irregardless of what the Hulk did they're still wanted criminals Oh yeah, yeah, I think, and and it's like, oh, Michael Caine's back in it, and there's Morgan Freeman. It's like, fuck oh, this movie. Oh, and there's Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. and we're gonna we're gonna switch it so he's bad at magic this time. Yeah, that I like that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I heard. Yeah. Getting back around to good trailers. Oh, another trailer I didn't give a shit about was um, a big fat Greek wedding two. Again, I didn't see this trailer because I, why is there a sequel? Exactly. <laughs> well, apparently the the her mother and father never got their marriage license signed by a priest. Right, so it's a big it's, it's fat their wedding. wedding yeah, and then they've also got her daughter is all grown up now. And I was going to say how no one gives a shit about movies from 2002 until I saw the trailer for Zoolander 2, which... Which came out a year before. Yes, and I gave more of a shit about that. I don't give a lot of shits, but I gave a few shits for it. You know, the, uh, the Zoolander 2 trailer was interesting. It's like I was watching it, and the first sort of 30 seconds of it, I'm like, uh, this seems kind of desperate. Mm -hmm. And then... One and then something happened, and then I started laughing and I didn't stop laughing. Yeah, it was one like when he sh when he shoots him in the leg. Yeah, oh, no, he, th he throws the knife. Like, throw <laughs> the knife. <laughs> he throws in his leg. He falls. Starting starting from that point, I was completely in. Oh, when up until that point, yeah. I was like, this movie looks kind of desperate. I didn't know. I think it got me at the. I, it got me at the scene where um, he says like that they, they, they've been you know they're they're on a fashion show and they don't realize they've been made fun of and it has a sign that says hello my name is old and. Owen Wilson's character has my name is Lane. Lane it's like yeah. Lemay, Lemay. Yeah, yeah I kind of got that. That 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 made me laugh. Um, but when Mugatu turns up and he's burly, yeah, no, that that, that, that cracked, cracked me up. <laughs> cracked me up. <laughs> but it is it is also that I don't know. It's just like my Greek my big fat Greek wedding one was okay. Well, but I mean, like it's well, not I like mean, we've been it, hankering it was, for that. It was one of those weird sort of like indie sleeper hits that no one saw coming. Yeah, but, but it's also but it's it was not, very it's much. Also, a, it's also not a gag packed. Stupid thing. Like, the original Austin Powers. I can remember, like, Austin Powers was a dud at the cinema. It was only when it got big on Skinamax, right? I remember watching it on Skinamax in the US in 98. Yeah, I mean, Austin Powers, the first one was a modest hit. Yeah. But it it became, like, it got its reputation, like, after, Off, its, after its cinema release. Yeah. But those are gag-packed, you know what I mean? Just by, from the sheer law of averages, a lot of those jokes stuck. I mean, they did stick. I mean, the yeah. law of averages, some movies don't play to that law of averages. They suck all the way through, even though they're scattershot. But my big fat Greek wedding was one kind of joke, and that was kind of it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, it's always good to see Aiden from Sex and the City, or whatever his name was, in um, Northern Exposure get more work, because he doesn't work an awful lot. But looks John nice. Ortiz. John Ortiz? Is that his name? I think the that, tall dude? Ortiz? I think that's his name. 
Ortiz? I think that's his name. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on it, but I think it's John Ortiz. I'm looking at Northern Exposure. Uh, <laughs> Did you watch Northern Exposure? I watched like a couple of apps. I didn't give a shit. I wanted to fuck Janine Turner, but that was about it. Which one was Janine Turner? I can't remember. The lead female. The pilot? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's hot. Yeah, with she her, was with, hot. Her, with her page boy haircut? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, chicks with short hair. Mm. Mm. In the end, he like walks off into the woods and it's New York. Dr. Dice. Um. No, John Corbett. Corbett, yeah. Ortiz? Ortiz? <laughs> Ortiz? Hey, Spanish. Spanish, man. <laughs> You're not Portuguese, You're not man. Portuguese. Oh, let's get through these trailers. Okay, another one that was fucking garbage was Gods of Egypt. Did you see this trailer? I saw this. You know what? It's garbage, but it's garbage I want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's fu- it looks horrible. It looks so fucking bizarre. It looks horrible, but it looks bizarre. It looks bizarre in all the right ways. What happened to Alex Proyas? You know, I mean, like... The Crow was a one-off. Well, he did. No, wait. Did he do Dark? He did Dark, Dark City as well. He did right? Dark City as well. But I, I mean, aside from the product placement, I liked iRobot. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I wasn't crazy about. Um, I, I wasn't. I wasn't too. And actually, I, I, I liked knowing that Nicolas Cage movie. Oh that yeah, he did. yeah, yeah. I, that I was that was that. nice. A nice Gonzo thing, and I had like you know Nicolas Cage be like, you don't fit my character. You know, and and the um, the ending of knowing is. Yeah. It's pretty harrowing. I well, mean, it's and, and, and once you and I think time. With time, we realize, oh, it's a Twilight Zone episode. Because it literally is a Twilight Zone episode. And yeah. once that's done, it's fine. Leading up to that, not so much. But this is like a fucking CGI. Like, like fucking Arrow and The Flash are doing better CGI on a weekly basis than this I mean, had. I mean, this movie looks like it was directed by a gay guy tripping balls on fucking ecstasy at a rave. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what it looks like. Gods! Well, fucking gods! And it's like... Look at your art, butler! Nikolai you know? Costa-Waldo, who's amazing in Game of Thrones and really needs to get a better fucking agent for his movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like... He looks like he has no idea what he's doing in this. Yeah, and he probably does because himself and Jared Butler are gods, so apparently they're eight foot tall mm. compared to everyone else, so they're obviously acting alone on green screen. Yeah, yeah. But when they're in their... I mean... There can always be tricky, you know, marrying, uh, ma- merging. The only you know. cool thing about this is that Gerard Butler is subverting his image and he's playing the villain. Yes. That's, but then again, he was kind of the villain in Coriolanus. I mean, never mind. Uh, you watch Coriolanus? Hmm? No, but I know the play. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, what was the one, what was the one with um, Jamie Foxx? Oh, uh, uh, law-abiding citizen. Yeah, that was kind of the little part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. But in this, he's he's more he's undercutting his three hundred thing because he's playing shouty Greek man, not it's Egypt man, this ancient man. But it's the fact that when they when these gods fight, they turn into all CGI uh, silverhawks. They turn into silverhawks. They turn into silverhawks. They turn into silverhawk silverhawks meets Stargate. That's what they turn into. Yeah, and you know they turn into Jay Davidson as a silverhawk. Yes. That's movie Stargate, not TV show Stargate. TV yeah. show Stargate's much better. I never saw TV Stargate. Fuck TV Stargate. <laughs> Fuck you! TV Stargate, no Kurt Russell, no Wachi. <laughs> it has MacGyver in it. Man, fuck Richard Dean Anderson. And then I had the two If leads. he doesn't have a Swiss Army knife, I don't give a shit. And once he, apparently, when he had to leave for half a season, they got the two leads from Farscape to be in it. That's a show that knows his audience. I never watched Farscape. You're a fucking ass. Fuck that show. <laughs> Bunch of fucking Muppets. Is that what you're going to say next? Is that what you're going to say next? You're dead to me. Trying to control. You know, are you going to control me with your hand up my ass? I did see someone tweet about the fact that Set and Horus aren't actually Egyptian gods. They're something other type of gods. <laughs> playing Set and Horus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the cast as well. Like, Rufus Sewell's in it, obviously, because, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And Chadwick Boseman, who's the Black Panther, will be in it as well. And Bruce Spence is in there somewhere. He just says Bruce Spence in the cast. Let's see who he's playing. Yeah, probably someone in a mask. Or a helicopter <laughs> pilot. And uh, Elodie Young, she's Electra in uh, season two of Daredevil. Oh, is she? And she was also um, uh, fucking Jinx in G.I. Joe 2. Oh, and Jeffrey Rush's rap. Davis, he's the older version of Jay Davison. Of course, Jeffrey Rush has got to be in it. You know. Yeah. Going to play it. God, mate. Yeah. Mate. <laughs> Oh. You'll do us all, mate. It's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be Armageddon for the gods. Oh, fucking diamond. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get up to a double header of trailer. A lot of trailers. And um, there's two Christmas trailers. One of which made me angry. Which one is it? Christmas Eve. I didn't see this. This is, I think, it's in the fine tradition of um, New Year's Day. New Year's Day. What was the other one? Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. It's not by the same people, as far as I know, because it's not. Um, Who's the guy who's... Gary Marshall. You know, it's not Gary Marshall as far as I understand, but it is like six people trapped in elevators on Christmas Eve. And I was just like, Patrick Stewart, seriously? Oh, Patrick Stewart's in it? Patrick Stewart. Gary Cole's in it as well. He's like a doctor stuck in a his patient and they have to pray. And he's like, I don't pray. And it's like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> fuck right off. On the other side, the night before... Looks funny as shit. It looks like super bad. Or, yeah, super bad, <laughs> but with Seth Rogen as the party character. It looks like super bad as adults. Yes. And, you know, they're... They're getting their, they're doing their last Christmas. Yeah, uh, well, it's his last Christmas because he's about to have a kid with his wife, and he's wearing a Jewish a Jewish a star of sweater, Dave, a star, star of David. David Christmas garbage Christmas sweater. Yeah, yeah. And his wife gives him like his Christmas present is like a box full of drugs, and there's a joke. He's like, "Who wants to share a joint?" He's like, "She gave you one joint." Yeah, she doesn't know drugs. The proportions are all well off, and the rest <laughs> of the trailer is just Seth Rogen in various degrees of being fucked up. And any movie, the casts intense man fucking Michael Shannon as a fucking drug dealer mm -hmm. I'm all in yep and it's got <laughs> and this trailer is the best use of uh, Wrecking Ball I've, uh, I've yet to hear oh and he flashes forward to the future thing <laughs> yeah as I was playing I didn't get that I liked the bit at the end where he's at mass and there's a baby and he's so fucking high he sees the baby go fuck you <laughs> <laughs> no it looks really really funny it's got Brosev uh, Gordon Levine and um, Anthony Mackie the Falcon in it as well yep it looks fun it's got the Green Hornet Fucking Robin. Yeah. <laughs> the Falcon. And, and Falcon. They get fucked up on Christmas Eve, man. <laughs> now that's the movie I want to see. It looks really good. Um, when we, um, when we uh, review Spotlight, we must only refer to the actors as their comic book characters' names. Who's in Spotlight again? I keep hearing Michael this. Keaton, Batman, yeah. Mark Ruffalo, Hulk, uh, John Slattery, fucking uh, Iron Man's dad. Yeah. Uh, you got Rachel McAdams, who's in fucking Doctor Strange. Yeah. Uh, you got fucking Lee, Sh Lee, Sh Lee Schreiber. Uh, fucking Sabretooth. Sabretooth. <laughs> What's Spotlight Stanley about? Tucci, that toothy motherfucker from fucking Hungry Games. <laughs> Hungry Games? Hungry Games. Um, Hungry Games. What's Spotlight about? I keep hearing about it. It's about the uh, Catholic uh, priest uh, scandal in Boston where they were molesting all the kids. Oh, and neither of It's a comedy. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me what the secret of comedy is. What's the secret of comedy? Timing. <laughs> <laughs> you <prick. laughs> That's a good joke, though. I like that. Yeah, thank you, Mark Kermode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've heard that one. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, I've heard that multiple ask, me times. What, ask me what's the secret of uh, what's the secret timing? Yeah. <laughs> and then you got Simon, just like fuck you. <laughs> don't don't pimp their podcast. They're, they're, they're better than us. Um, another movie that has Anthony Mackie in, Mackie in it. I, I saw the trailer for this this morning, but I saw the trailer earlier in the week. There was a different trailer which made it look even more hardcore, which is called Triple Nine. Yeah, this is the um, the the uh, latest movie by the guy John Hillcoat, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, who did the Road and the Proposition? To I mean, I haven't seen the Road. 
Uh, I've seen the proposition. The yeah, proposition I've, not been, it's not, I've not been in the mood to watch. It's, one, it's, in the, it's in that pile of like when I'm feeling like in a good mood. And but I, 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 I read The Road. Uh-huh. Well, I tried to read The Road. I got about halfway through and, you know, I was about, sobbing heap. about to kill myself. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this looks like really good crime drama. Again, like there was something else. This was like re- recently there was another trailer that was like, oh, this is a really cool looking crime drama. I can't remember what that other one was. But it was something else like like this. It looked like a very cool, like the thieves are cops. Or some of them are cops, right? Oops. Right? Uh-huh. Some of them are cops. They're thieves and they have to do this uh, uh, crime for somebody. But it's like Casey Affleck, chose the Legion for again. Kate Winslet, Clifton Collins Jr. Clifton Collins Jr. is cool. Uh, Gal Gadot's in it. Woody Harrelson, Anthony Mackie, Theresa Palmer, Aaron Paul, and Norman Reedus. Mm-hmm. And it's just a kind of badass, like, Great heist cast. movie. Great cast. It's a very cool trailer as well. I mean, I, saw the, I think I saw the UK one this morning, but I think the American version is more hardcore crime drama thing. Uh, Alice Through the Looking Glass with some more CGI vomit. Um, but uh, with um, Alice Through the Looking Glass, you know, I have no interest in watching the movie. I wasn't crazy about the first one. Yeah. But visually, it does look like there's a lot more trippy shit happening in this one than there was in the first one. Yeah. I mean, like, I, like, I want to take a shitload of drugs. I'm going to watch it. You know, like, just the, the fucking cat in the wave. Yeah. That that was pretty trippy. Oh, where she's inside the giant clock? Mm. That looked kind of cool. She's yeah, trying to jump yeah. onto the second hand. Yeah, thing. yeah, those, yeah that, 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 those are cool. And they look, I think they just, they're, they're effects in search of a better movie. Mm. Um, and after the last podcast, there's a trailer drop that we kind of talked about the teaser, but the Warcraft trailer yeah. left us both cold, right? This looks fucking stupid. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, I since watched, I think it's IGN or something like that, it has two World of Warcraft players talking about it, mm-hmm. and they're like us when we came out of the Lord of the Rings. Or you mean Scott Pilgrim? No, Lord of the Rings. All right. Okay. Because, like, what we saw, like, when, you, when you saw the first Lord of the Rings, you're like, wow, that's Rivendell. Wow, that's Hobbiton, right? Yeah. These guys were the same way about Warcraft. I've never played Warcraft. I, you know, I wouldn't know a tower run from a... Something else. No, I mean, fans of the game are going to go see it anyway. No, but that's so, true. But so, these guys were pointing out shit in the background. But, that's for like, pe- but for people who didn't know shit about Lord of the Rings, you watched the first Fellowship of the Ring trailer. You're in. You're in. Yeah. Whereas with this, you're but, not in. No. It looks like fucking really ropey CGI. And what's interesting is they launched a new expansion to the game, which has a better trailer. Like, a, a, a better trailer. Not a better trailer for the game, a better trailer for the movie. An actual better just trailer. Mm-hmm. Like, it actually sells things a lot better. I think, I think the big problem with this trailer... <laughs> Is that it was selling the visuals? Yeah, and, and who, who and, are we rooting and, for? Who yeah, are we rooting for? Who's a character? And there wasn't enough story in there. There yeah. wasn't enough character. You didn't get a sense of. But these guys at IGN went through it all. It's like, oh, everything you see in the background, they were able to say where that was. They knew exactly where it was, and they were able to say, "There's an Easter egg for you. There's something small." It's like that's pretty cool that they've done that. Maybe the next trailer will sell the story a bit more. Did you see the trailer for a Midnight Special? No. This 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 movie looks amazing. Really? This is uh, by Jeff Nichols, the guy who directed Mud and uh, Give Me Shelter. Right, um, and it's got Michael Shannon, Joel Edgerton, uh, Kristen Dunst. Sorry, Michael Shannon, I'm in. Yeah, and Michael Shannon is essentially protecting his kid, who is has superpowers. Oh, like his kid is Superman. Oh, uh, as a uh, but and but he's like just destructive. Like the kid, he's, Ke- he's Kevin Costner. I mean, you, you can't really tell exactly how the kid has his superpowers or whatever, whether he's born with it or anything happened to him, but yeah. his, his superpowers are very destructive. Mm-hmm. And so people are after him, and the father is on the run. So it's like the fugitive... Meets me- Firestarter, meets Looper. Yeah, meets Superman. Meets mm-hmm. Looper, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it looks really, really fucking cool. No, I haven't cool. seen that at all. It looks it's very a cool. poster. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very Amblin. Very no. Amblin-esque. Yeah. Um, Adam Driver, Sam Shepard as well. I mean, it's a fucking cool trailer. Cool. Okay, I'll take a check. Let's check that out. 
Moving on to cool stuff. Yep. So I mentioned earlier the more aliens crap. Yeah. So NECA, who we've mentioned on the podcast before, yeah. have come up with a full life-size egg and face face hugger foam and latex prop replica. This would be amazing if you could rig it for a spring with the spring for Halloween. It can be yours for the bargain basement price of four hundred and thirty-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents USD. Uh, have they got? Yeah, they have the photo there on uh, Big Bad Toy Store, but uh, the, the the photo of the kid holding it is is genius. Whoever in the marketing department came up with that. Have you seen that photo? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. The photo. little girl screaming at it. That's amazing. But it is. It, it, and and the girl has to be Chinese. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> But it is like, you know, you can fold up the lid and everything. and It's, yeah. it's pretty cool. Looking. It looks badass. It looks really cool. It looks badass. I'm like, I want it. Yeah. <laughs> On the weirder side of it, um, what are these guys called? I cannot, how do I pronounce it? Kotobukiya? Uh, Kotobukiya, yeah. Kotobukiya have come up with a whole load of new alien minifigures that you buy, like, random sets. You don't know what you get inside the box. Mm-hmm. And some of them, like, one of them is an alien face hugger in a yoga, like, meditating pose. Mm-hmm. One of them is doing the sixteen-year-old girl on her uh, bed pose, like yeah. leaning on its leaning on its its rest its arm. Kotobukiya do amazing toys. Yeah. Back when I was buying a lot of toys, I bought quite a few Kotobukiyas, and now I'm trying to sell them. Yeah. But you know, uh, they do really really good toys. And these look pretty cool. I mean, they're small, only small little figures, but they look really fucking cool. And it's like there's one of an alien, a face hugger, or not an, an alien warrior doing a handstand, which looks looks bizarre. And if you're a fan of like you know retro action movies which i am mm-hmm. um damn toy toys are doing one six scale universal soldier figures oh of uh, dolph ludgren and jean-claude van damme um they're not like i'm a big fan of uh van damme and dolph ludgren yeah if i could get like an awesome figure of them i could like enter bay the same company that did the uh, toys for the bruce lee toys and the um the uh, the uh, jet lee wong fei hong toys mm-hmm uh, they they did. Um, oh, they're fully they're fully clothed. They're fully clothed. Oh, yeah. uh, it's badass. Uh, but the the face sculpt is not bad, not bad at no, all. No, it's really good. Yeah. How much do they cost? Uh, they cost two hundred US. Wow, is that each? That's each. Yeah, each. I mean, it's like hot toys prices. Yeah. But it's badass. It's badass. You know, and if <laughs> if you like that sort of thing, there's also a one a quarter scale statue of Peter Venkman. Oh. Done by Hollywood Collectibles, and this also is pretty badass. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that's I mean, a really good likeness. It's a really good likeness. So I mean, it's none of this shit's cheap, but it's fucking fucking cool. Oh, I wish I, I, I don't know why I do this. I'm gonna have to go get links to all this shit and put them in the show notes. It's gonna be hours. Fuck. Mm. <laughs> no posters this week. No posters this week. Oh. No. Moving on to emails. Yeah, I'd read. All right. <laughs> we are sponsored by Green Room One Three Six and com, and uh, this month they are highlighting the auto book. Introducing our brand new travel companion for the hardcore adventure seeker, made using genuine cordura or army duck with Martexan original wax and nylon ripstop. We have a super wicked EDC wallet with all the bells and whistles to make your globe trotting commute a little more bearable. Comes so it's, a, it's a little kind of wallet with a handle on it, basically. Too. It's pretty yep, cool yep, looking. yep. Uh, comes in a variety of different colors. Uh, retails for 150 Malaysian ringgit. Uh, but uh, handmade right here in Malaysia. That's right. Uh, but you could upgrade to another to a slightly better model at 165 ringgit. Sweet. So check them out at greenroom136.com. That's greenroom136.com. Moving on to emails. If you want to join the conversation, you can email us at podcast at mcgettenfries.com. You can also tweet us at mcgettenfries.com. Or you can tweet us individually at, uh, at gavyap. And at McNastyFries. Yeah. Our first email, is not, it's not an email, it's a tweet, which is kind of fucking badass. We got a tweet from Heath Corson who said, Thanks for the bizarro review, guys. 
thrilled you're enjoying the series. So loving it. Have you started reading it? No, not yet. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's cool. That he's he, he for those Heath Corso is the writer mm-hmm. on the series, so that's kind of sweet. Yeah, very cool. Thanks yeah. very much, man. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed the show. Yeah. Um, we got another email in from Doreen who says, "Do you guys like documentaries? Guess it's not everyone's cup of tea, huh? Anyway, what are your favorite documentaries?" I'm fucking racking my brains. I haven't watched a documentary in so fucking long. Um, well, I mean, I I mean, they are very manipulative, but I really like the Michael Moore documentaries. Yeah. Uh, Bowling for Columbine, Fahrenheit 9/11, but they are very manipulative. Yeah. Um, also, there's a, a documentary uh, called Spellbound, uh, which is oh, the a, Spelling Bee one. The Spelling Bee one, which I found really, really cool. Uh, there's also, um, you know, I mean, I like. I mean, there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot of really cool documentaries. I've heard Anvil's pretty good. Yep, uh, the most recent one, of course. Um, you know, the death of Superman lives. Yes, you I know, have watched that. Uh, check that out. That's, that's pretty very, good. That's very oh, good. Oh, Jodorowsky's Dune. I haven't seen that. I hear it's amazing. It's fantastic. It, yeah, it, yeah. it makes you weep. Uh, manly tears for the movie that you never got to see yeah um, it really chewed me up for his stuff it's really really good um, Blackfish is a well known one I haven't seen that mm-hmm. yet and that apparently SeaWorld will, uh, can no longer breed whales, whales in captivity or they're, mm-hmm. they're ceasing their, their live shows now uh, the the Cove as well is uh, a yeah. really sort of like gut-wrenching one yeah um, Project Name I've heard of that you one know, and well. even the um, like the also, Bashir orig- gets a lot of good play as well. Yeah, and even the original that. Catfish documentary is really, really cool mm. as well. Mm. I mean, it's sort of like become a little bit of a parody of itself now with the TV series. But the yeah. original um, documentary is very cool. There's a lot of really good ones. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I've heard of Did the you act- see the documentary about, um, you know, Terry Gilliam trying to make that, trying to make the movie? No, I hadn't. I never watched it. It's the um, Lost in La Mancha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I still haven't watched that yet. Um, uh, also, uh, like... On, oh, there's uh, Room 237, which is about... 237? Yeah, 237. Yeah, yeah, which is about the... The Shining. It's not, it's not so much about The Shining, but it's about like, all the crazy I, fan theories. Yeah, all the crazy fan theories about The Shining. I've heard also, cr- the, um, you know, in terms of like movie documentaries, Dark Days uh, for Blade Runner yeah. is an amazing one in the Heart, uh, in the heart, uh, heart of Hearts of Darkness, uh, Heart of Darkness um, with the uh, uh, making of Apocalypse Now. Yeah. That's pretty badass. You see a coked up fucking Francis. <laughs> 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 Music-wise, I've heard a lot of good things about Kurt Cobain, the montage of Heck. Mm-hmm. Um, I, did you see what was it? What was the one the other guy did the Court and Courtney one back in the day? Uh, I didn't see that. No, it was, it was one that got, that got oh, exit through the gift shop, the one about the oh, uh, y- bank, yeah, the Banksy documentary. Yes, that was pretty yes. good. I, I saw that one. Um, so I'm looking through the list here. An inconvenient truth. Mm-hmm. Inconvenient truth. That was pretty fucked up. Yeah. Uh, Sicko, another Michael Moore documentary. That was really good. A lot out there. Um, the last documentary I saw was actually a documentary about uh. Uh, you, you know Jesus Camp. Oh, really? In the documentary called Jesus Camp, which was pretty fucking terrifying. Um, also, the um, documentary based on the uh, evidence findings of uh, who killed um, Notorious B.I.G. and oh. um, What's that called? Uh, Tupac Shakur. It was uh, the, the the killings of Tupac and Biggie. That's what it was called. Hmm. Uh, our next email comes in from Jan Chong, who emailed us in before. I'm not sure what he's referring to something on your book cover or one of the photos or something like that. He just says like. The headline was just like, Gavin's left arm. It's like, has Gavin been working out? So I presume it's something from the book. Huh? <laughs> Maybe there's a shot where your arm looks huge or something. I don't know what it is. But if you can email us in and let us know what you're talking about, Jen, that would help. <laughs> We've no have, idea what you're Gavin, talking about. Has Gavin been working out? <laughs> have uh, you been working out? Um, yeah, a little bit. A little bit? A little bit. A little bit. Thank you for noticing. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. 
All right, let's move on to reviews. All right, hit me with some comics. Okay, I'll review uh, Jesus Christ, Demon Slayer. Okay. <laughs> this is from uh, Asylum Press, written by Matt Score and art by Christian Wilkins. Mm -hmm. Basically, after after Christ gets crucified, yeah. he goes to hell. Oh, he goes he goes to hell. He dies. He goes to hell, and he goes armed with a flaming sword. <laughs> And he goes to hell to... Spread the good word? To fuck shit up. <laughs> and to save our souls from damnation. Hmm. Uh, and, I mean, I, I, I'm only reviewing the first issue. Right. And uh, in the first issue, he basically fucks up, you know, like, uh, Hell's Lords. Yeah. Pretty much. So, like, he's at Is the... Is Azazel in there? I mean, not yet. Not right. yet. Uh, in, he, faces, um, he faces Naman, oh, the okay. god of um, lust, lust and desire and all that. But before that, he faces Cerberus, Guardians of the Gates of Hell. the Gates of Hell, and he, he fucking fucks Cerberus up. <laughs> it's, it contains lines like, Frankly, Jesus isn't concerned with those details right now. <laughs> <laughs> Does Jesus always refer to himself in the third person? Uh, this is like the, the you know, the... Narration. The, the bullet captions. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty much it. I mean, it's Jesus with a hint of Conan, yeah. with a flaming sword, going to hell to fuck hell up yeah. Th that's all it is and uh in the first issue he in the first issue he you know he faces cerberus gets through the gates of hell and then faces Naman, namon and um and it pretty much like it, it trails off there so but it is, but it is, is the selling point the writing or the art because for comics it usually comes down to one or two is the main selling point it's it's the concept yeah it's the concept i mean the writing is serviceable yeah. there's nothing wrong with it per se the art it's you know it's uh, it's black and white pulpy art. And is it humorous or is it straight laced? It's straight laced. Oh, it's not humorous, but it is humorous, like in the sense that you got lines like the line I just read, and yeah. that made me laugh, you know. But it's not a. I, I guess it's very hard to do a comic about Jesus and have him be a demon slayer with a flaming sword who looks like Conan because yeah. he's ripped. Oh, really? He's fucking ripped. <laughs> he looks like Conan. <laughs> He doesn't look like he's been fasting, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> and it was one of those things where I wasn't planning on reviewing a second comic, but I was just like, Jesus Christ, Demon Slayer, I have to read at least the first issue. There's still that movie that came out, what, in the late 90s, early 2000s, Jesus Christ, Vampire Hunter? It's like, it's really low budget, but it's supposed yeah. to be hilarious. So. Yeah. Um, whereas this isn't funny. This does take it seriously. It takes the... M <laughs> it takes the... Like, it's true to the character of Jesus. The, <laughs> it's true to the character of Jesus in the sense that, like... He turns to the cheek? After, he, after, he's, after he dies and everything, he's like, all, all, you know, I, I, lived, I can't believe I lived in... I was actually scared to die, but now that I'm dead, fear has no hold on me. And so now I'm like, I'm gonna fuck shit up. <laughs> um, and there are interesting ideas about how to about how they sort of uh, use Jesus' <laughs> um, l love of people. Yes. You know, the uh, love of humanity. Consider the lily. Yes. So, you know, like uh, the Lord, lords of hell try to ex use it, try to exploit it because they see it as a weakness. Mm -hmm. But that's actually where his strength comes from. Oh. That sort of stuff. So, nice. so it's not making Jesus look like a, a parody a of goddamn itself. goddamn hippie? No. <laughs> Um, you know, he doesn't go to hell and offer anyone a doobie. Yeah. You know, uh, it's it's pulpy, fun entertainment. Cool. But don't expect anything more than that. Huh. Sounds good. Yeah.
Uh, for my review for this week, um, I saw The Good Dinosaur, Pixar's latest movie. So, did Pixar know? Have Pixar ever had two movies out within so close to each other before? Uh, no. Is that this and Inside Out? No, but then again, I mean, like, Pixar and Disney are pretty much, like... Mm. Hand in hand now. Yeah. It is, a, it is a Pixar movie, though, as far as I'm aware. Um, so, The Good Dinosaur uh, posits what happened if the asteroid missed Earth 65 million years ago. And it does it nicely in that there's no narration at the beginning. Mm. It's just... It had this like title text sixty five million years ago, and then title text a few million years later. Right. So the dinosaurs did not get wiped out. Yeah, uh, they talk to each other. Yeah, uh, they have not evolved thumbs, and they said all this, again. It's like you know the Pixar storytelling method. Like the first scene is just the dad dinosaur uh, tilling the earth with his head, but they're like they're like brontosaurus style right. dinosaurs. You know, yeah. big four four big legs, long tail, long neck. Yeah, but using his snout to like plow the earth. Yeah, and like sowing seeds and stuff like that, and they have three kids. Right. Um, Buck and Libby and Arlo and Arlo has this giant egg he's a tiny little guy inside of it right um, and Arlo's just like he's scared of everything okay. the whole the whole thought of this movie is the whole concept of this movie is fear and overcoming your fear right um, the trailer again I have to give props to the trailer because the trailer sold it, sold it as a very typical one thing yeah and again as usual Pixar do not do that thing yeah like the setup is slightly different from what it looks like in the trailer um, should one thing or another there's these critters keep stealing. Like they have a, so- a grain silo, essentially a food silo for the winter. Mm-hmm. And this, these critters they keep talking about keep getting them. And right. when Arlo goes off to chase this, chase away this critter, he gets swept away to a faraway part. And he can't even see the huge mountains that are right behind his home. So he's like really fucking far away. Right. The critter is a human. Right. Um, and the critter is up there with uh, like characters like Stitch or any of those kind of crazy little like you know Tasmanian devil style characters. Because um, he's essentially a dog. The human is a dog, like they're like, they're like pets. Um, so Arlo, Arlo's voiced by Raymond Ochoa's little kid, but like he's he's basically terrified terrified of everything. He spends a lot of this movie falling, banging his head, getting ripped the fuck. Um, it's a very very different movie to uh, Inside Out, and a lot of other you know a lot of the other movies like Toy Story as well as like that. There's a lot of verbal dialogue for the a lot of uh, verbal jokes for the adults and a lot of like visual gags for the kids. This is a lot more visual gags going through most of it. Right. It is a simpler story. Yeah. But it is, as usual with Pixar, a weaponized delivery system for feels. Right. Whereas, you know, I was enjoying a lot of it. We talked before, when we were talking about the trailers before, we talked about how it's got these beautiful, lush worlds. And there are points where it looks like a photo. Yeah. There's like some really beautiful shots with like leaves hanging in the foreground. And the background is like light shining on water. You know, you get that kind of, the lens. It's not lens flare, but it's a certain thing like that where the reflection of light, it's just like circles of light. Yeah. And it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then you've got these cartoony dinosaurs walking through it. When you're watching it, that doesn't become as much of a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but they all have, like, these are farmers. They run into some other uh, dinosaurs that are scavengers. It, it's a little bit like Finding Nemo. Right. In that you happen along different groups along the journey. Only he's finding his way home. Oh, by the way, did you see the trailer for Finding Dory? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Completely underwhelming. Yeah, very. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's just, this is more of what we had before. Well, again, it's one of those movies that you, you weren't desperate for a sequel for. No, I mean, but even that... It's, it's good to compare this to that because I thought that had more set pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, there's large parts of this where he's just on his own or he's just with Spot. Spot doesn't talk. I mean, he talks, the dinosaur talks, Spot just growls. Spot is the human. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they, they do develop, a, they have an antagonistic relationship that develops into a better relationship. And that is where the feels come in. And there is, there are, again, if Pixar weren't so good at this, they would be evil. Or they're so good at it that they could very easily turn evil. Like, if they just started doing advertising or something... You'd be fucked. You'd be fucked. Yeah. And there are moments in this movie that are, again, 
one character talks, one character doesn't talk, and they share a moment, and it is, it's one of the moments of the year for me. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the moments for the year. Yeah. Like if you, if it's you, high praise. You would have to have a <clears throat> meteorite for a heart to not feel something in that moment, and it's very, very simple. But it works because of that simplicity. And it's not overwrought and it's not oversold. It's just a nice moment and it's really nicely done. And it has a payoff later on that works perfectly as well. Right. Around the rest of that, it's a ho-hum. Sam Elliott turns up at one point as a group of ranchers. The T-Rexes, you know the T-Rex in Jurassic Park kind of runs with its head forward. Mm-hmm. These guys ro- rock back like they're riding a horse, like their back legs are a horse. Because right. they're ranchers. Like Sam Elliott said, we got to round up some longhorns in a typical Sam Elliott way, right? And there's a nice moments around that as well like they're the they're the cowboys of that world right but it is a bit sparse there's not an awful lot going on like in, in finding nemo you had the the vegetarian sharks you had like the pit you had the guy you were able to cut back to what's going on in the fish tank right this doesn't have that so it's just the two of them so it does get you a lot you can, you can get landscape fatigue a little bit right so it's a simpler movie i wouldn't say it's as good as inside out we didn't review inside out because i think it came out here so much later than everywhere else right yeah uh, but i enjoyed inside out and i enjoyed inside out on like there is an awful i mean you got any polar involved it's fast yeah, there's a lot of gags in that movie. Yeah, this is a you know a good few chuckles. It's a good Pixar movie, but I don't think it stands up. It's hard to say that moment puts it up with the best of them, but the rest of it doesn't quite support. It's not the scaffolding around it that it has. You know what I mean? Right. It's the it's the it's just the, it's the the torch from the lady uh, from the what's it called? Big fucking statue in New York. Statue, statue of Liberty. Liberty. It's the torch from the Statue of Liberty without the, the rest of the statue around. Right. So it has that moment, but doesn't have the support structure in a way. Okay. It is enjoyable. I just wouldn't, I'd say, you know, it's, I saw someone tweeting about like, oh, Pixar competing against himself for best film Oscar. I was like, no, nah, I don't think so. That moment is fantastic. But around that, I don't think it's strong enough. Right. So yeah, it's a good movie. Okay. Okay. Well, um, now on to uh, Fight Club 2. The, the comic book, not the, the movie. Com- the comic <laughs> book. The comic book, not the movie. Because you don't um, have time to watch movies these days. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but it is written by uh, Chuck Palahniuk, yeah. uh, who wrote the first Fight Club. Mm-hmm. So it does have that pedigree attached to it. The art is by Cameron Stewart. Oh, yes. I love Cameron Stewart. I met Cameron Stewart in Singapore last year. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he was, oh. he was there. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, you know, it's, it's a perfectly good comic book. Um, and Edward Norton, the... Uh, uh, the covers David Mack or something like that? It's not, it's not David Mack. I, but it's I, very I, like David Mack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar, yes. Yeah. It's like his um, So the Edward Norton character, the narrator, whose name is now Sebastian. Not Jack. No, not Jack. Um, basically, this is 10 years after the events of the film. Uh, he is now under all kinds of medication to suppress the Tyler Durden character. He's married to Marla, mm-hmm. and they have a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, is she as fucked up as she was? She well, the thing is, is that they've both gone totally normal, mm-hmm. and now she's starting to fray at the edges. Yeah, she's basically bored. Yeah, she hates her life. She started going to those meetings again uh, to feel alive, and also because you know the sex has gone down the drain, she is uh, b- replacing his medication with aspirin and sugar <laughs> just to get a bit more excitement, so she can cheat on him with Tyler. Nice. <laughs> Um, and then so so you know and that's kind of how Tyler is uh, reintroduced into the story Mm. but then also you find out that uh, Tyler never really went away oh really because the symbolic uh, act at the end of Fight Club was just like Tyler saying let me give you some space no I mean the the whole thing is is that um, you know Tyler or Sebastian or whoever they're both the same guy 
you know, with Project Mayhem, um, as they were setting up all of these different foot soldiers, they have all of these different foot soldiers who are connected to every aspect of society. Right. So when when fucking Sebastian goes to his uh, psychiatrist, so the psychiatrist is a member of Project Mayhem. Nice. And so every time like he's like, oh, I can't deal with my fucking problems, the psychiatrist is like, let me put you under hypnosis. And then every time and he goes, to fucking and, Tyler. Then, and then and then Tyler uh, comes up, and then so once a week Tyler awakes and continues his shit. So <laughs> so while while all this has been going on, Tyler Durden has been coming back once a week and laying the foundation. He's part time, part time Tyler. What, for what is about to fuck this guy's life up? Project Mayhem too. Well, Project Mayhem has now turned into this international terrorist organization <laughs> called Rise or Die. <laughs> right. Um. And uh, so and and so they've got a kid, <laughs> and so I mean so that's basically laying the foundation for the setup. The set that that is the setup. Um, it is also suggested in in the comic that Tyler has been around way longer than the narrator originally conceived that it was originally conceived in the film. Yeah. In the film, you seem to think that like this guy's just fucking had it with his life, and now and that's when he came out. And now this thing is starting to manifest itself. Whereas in reality, he's coming in, in, in in the comic, it suggests that it goes back to childhood. Yeah. And could even possibly be responsible for the death of the parents. Oh wow. <laughs> that I had kind of issues with. Yeah. It's like you know now you're just you know, but so the something happens. Tyler starts to revisit Sebastian, basically saying that, you know, look what you've fucking done with yourself. You're a fucking loser. You're yeah. everything that we despise and all of that. A lot of the original narration from the, from the film is used in this comic to sort of re-remind you of oh, what he was feeling and the, you know, feeling lost and all of that. Mm. And um, there's this thing where they connect back to the parents where the parents died in a fire. Uh-huh. And he makes Sebastian believe that his kid dies in a fire as well. But there's more to it than that. Nice. Uh, and that makes Sebastian have no choice but to re-enter the fight club to find out what happened to his kid. Oh. And to find out exactly what's been going on. Um, but you know how, like, in the movie, everyone was... When, when, uh, when uh, the narrator kind of decided that he's fucking putting his foot down, everyone has said, you told us you would do this. Yes. Well, that plays into this as well, yeah, where yeah, yeah. it's like... Tyler's a smart fucker. Whereas, like, Tyler has told, you know, Project May- Mayhem 2.0, I'm going to come back pretending to get in here. Yeah. And so so everyone's sort of, like, one step a- ahead of him, and he's just, and he's trying to find his kid. And Marla, in the meantime, is taking these meetings, and she's, like, her, found her favorite meeting with these fucking kids who are suffering from the same thing Robin Williams suffered from in Jack. Oh, right. So you got all these nine-year-old old people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't remember. But, uh, but all these nine, ten-year-old old people in the yeah, meeting yeah. with her, you know, and she's just there. Yeah, that's what I have. And she's like, <laughs> she's like I'm nine years old. I was like, you know, I, I have a mild case. And she develops a friendship with one of them in particular that is a very nice friendship that I won't give up. There's, yeah. there's a nice little twist to that. And so it's all about how kind of you know, like, um, Marla feels responsible for letting Tyler back into their lives when actually it was going on before then as well. And so there's this nice bit where he's like, I need to get back into the fight club and I need, and no one's going to let me in without the right bruises. So she takes the toilet fucking head and smashes his face <laughs> in so he can go in there. Um, 
it's a very fun story. Right. It's a very fun story. Parts of it are very funny. Parts of it are very inventive. And parts of it are very, very self-indulgently self-referential. Oh, okay. Like Chuck Palahniuk turns up in it. Oh, right. He's pulling a Grant Morrison. Yeah, he pulls a Grant Morrison in it. And right. it's even mentioned in the thing, you know, this is a bit too meta. Yeah. You know, can you please write, write yourself out of this? Yeah. You know, and it's one of those things where it's like, okay, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, but you're enjoying I'm, it? I'm enjoying it. You're going to keep reading it? I'm going to keep reading it because, oh. no, because it is one of those things where I've only read it once. And like the film, it begs a reread. Yeah. Uh, like, like the movie, you watch it once. And even if you get it, you, you, you see so much more the second time you yeah. see it and the third time. And the comic, I think, has a similar effect. The only problem with it is that, you know, at the end of the movie... You weren't sure what was going to happen to these people, yeah. but you had your own ideas, and and all, all those of infinite possibilities and are all of those all of those infinite possibility infinite possibilities are kind of shat on, right? By knowing, yeah. And it's not to say that the story's bad; it isn't. I no. mean, I mean, like uh, they're not. It's not a cash in, although there are moments that feel like a cash in, and those moments remind you of the novelty of the first one and how you can't get that first time thing back. Yeah. Um, and I think they know that too, and they and they have as much. They open the story up, yeah. Like the story opens up internationally, mm. uh, and and you gotta give them kudos for not trying to do a rehash. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it actually sends me what we were talking earlier with the Ash versus Evil Dead. Like they have Ash's track, and they have Lucy Lawless's track, and they have another character's track yeah. going at the same time, so it doesn't get. Yeah. Boring, but they yeah. spread it out more. Yeah, so this one they spread out as well. You got you got the narrator going in trying to get back into Project Mayhem. You got Tyler Durden who's still exactly the same, and you got Marla going off on her own thing because she's dealing with her missing kid yeah. in her own way with these fucking Plus you know, Trinity. Yeah, um, and and it's interesting where all of these things go, but it's it is one of those things where by telling us what happened. Even, you know, even though our ideas might not have been as inventive as this, it the whole thing of not knowing, it's like, you know, I, I kind of... The, mov the, kinda... the movie ends on an open-ended ending. Yeah, it's like, uh, I was like, what I, I wrote something down here that I, I was like, that puts it, you know, you didn't know what was going to happen after the end of Fight Club, but whatever you were thinking was more satisfying than actually seeing it. And, you know, is that it's, it's, it's not that it's not done well. It is done well, but in my opinion, it shouldn't have been done in the first place. Yeah. You know, it's so it's... I am enjoying it, but I kind of wish that they hadn't continued it. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Because I haven't read it, and I've heard a lot about it, but I'm happy with, like, I've, right, all the way to, I've, all the time you're talking, all I can hear is where is my mind playing in my head by the pixies. Like, it's worth reading. Yeah. It's not a waste of time. It's not like, you know, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like the part of the poetry of the film. Yeah. Was that. You don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know what's going to happen next. And for that, they went the disappointing path. In yeah, a way. they got married and yeah. had a kid. Although the comic suggests that they that they got married because of the kid. Ah. Yeah, because Marla's fucked up. Yeah. They're both fucked up. Yeah. Cool. Yep. So check it out. Check it out. Worth reading. That's the end of our podcast. I'm, I'm glad it's a comic. Yeah. And not a film. Yeah. Although, sooner or later. You never know. So ends our podcast for this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. If you would like to see more of what we do, uh, we'll tell you when Gavin's movies, short movie films out. Yep. Um, you can find Gavin on GavYap at Twitter, G 
GavyUp77 on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm on McNasty Prime on Twitter and Facebook and everything. Um, you can also find my writing reviews and other articles on thehypedgeek.com. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. And you can buy my book. Oh, yes. How I Made My First Movie, A Decade of Favors, at all MPH bookstores in Kinokuniya and also at the MPH online store. And there'll be a link in the website. And uh, if you want to watch my movie, Take Me to Dinner, it's available on uh, Vimeo On Demand. Yeah. So have fun with that. Let us know what you thought about it if you see it. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Bye.